0: In this week's episode, we're rounding out 2021 with a couple excellent, supersized books from Red 5 and DC. Here's to hoping you had an excellent year and go into 2022 with lots of time to read. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B.
1: Welcome back to Cover B and welcome to the final episode of 2021. We made it.
0: We got here, you guys. We
1: did it. I swear to God, we blinked in March of 2020, and now we're at the, ne- the end of 2021, but...
0: It was also, like, the longest two years of it was, ever it was, existence. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, I've,
1: I've talked to multiple people, and we're all in agreement that this was simultaneously the longest and shortest two-year span of our entire life. 100%. Like, now 100%. that we're looking back on it, we're like, holy crap. Like, I, I have big things that happen in my life that feel like they happened this year that absolutely happened last year Yeah that I I will occasionally think about and be like, Oh my god, it's been like over a year since this happened.
0: I mean, this is a much smaller portion, but I was like, oh man, I did like one cosplay this year. I looked it up, I did six! Yeah. One of my most successful cosplays happened in January of this year! I'm like, no way that was this year, that was like three uh, years ago.
1: (laughs) It's bananas, man, like it's it's bonkers. It's so strange. here we are.
0: We're here, and there's two (laughs) comics we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about them. Close They're both mirror.
1: big chonker magazine size, Heckin' big boys, deliciousness. <laughs> uh, so it's a good way to ring out the the end of 2021. Yes. First up is Mega Number One. This was written and the art was also done by Salvador, Salvador Sanz. Sans. Uh, this is from Red Five Comics. It's a big. Kind of the same size as like the, the last Ronin books that like mm-hmm. weird Ninja Turtle size, not quite magazine, but not quite normal comic. Uh, nice glossy book about the end of the world coming due to some strange looking kaiju. Wrapped up in the midst, we have a man and his daughter, uh, and her grandfather, as well as somehow mystically attached to these kaiju. Uh, there's mystery and artifacts and science fiction and of course giant monsters as one giant monster is summoned to save the world from the other T. what do you think
0: so one of the things that stood out to me instantly is how friggin cool the kaiju look Mm -hmm. i feel like kaiju Mm -hmm. in most circumstances tend to look one of two ways you either have Giant animals that just sort of look like big iterations of animals think Gojira is just a giant lizard yeah. or like dinosaur esque, dragony dude. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, or you have robots, yeah, and you've got like, like giant Pacific Rim esque robots and li- that sort of thing. Like, yeah, you're, you're falling into one or two. You're either Gojira or Mecha Gojira, and that's all you got nine times out of ten. Yeah, this one. Is so cool looking. It hearkens to me back to the style of like when you first start to get introduced to the aliens in Assassin's Creed.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. I was going to say, it's they're very, uh, they gave me very Guillermo del Toro vibes. Yeah. Like he does a lot of that kind yeah. of like. They don't necessarily have faces and they kind of look like they're made up of like minerals as opposed to, you know, yeah, he does a lot of that stuff with exactly. his creatures.
0: And it's not like they look like they're made up of rocks. They're made up of like, it feels like they're like 3D printed glyphs. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so cool. That immediately is what stood out to me. Um Based on the cover, I was like, oh, good. Another, you know kaiju book. I, there's been plenty. it has been a lot of kaiju There's stuff been a happen. lot of kaiju book the past couple years. It's been like an ongoing thing. There's been lots of playing with Gujira. There's been lots of like what if people were supposed to be fighting the kaiju? I mean, we had that one like super duper gory book that was really good, but still like they're a dime a dozen right now. Mm-hmm. This one felt different. This one to me felt very cinematic. Yeah, This one felt very realistic i liked that it focused more on the little girl as the primary figure instead of the adults um because i feel like that gives it a different gravity you know most of the time when you're focusing on kaiju books you're focusing on like scientists that are like this is our fault we have ruined the earth and you know it's got this like big scale of like well humans suck thumbs up that's that checks out but super duper yeah but when it's in the perspective of like a little girl it's like she didn't do anything wrong she just existed and now maybe she has to save the world that'd be really cool Mm -hmm. I just like the perspective better I like that it's less focused on how awful humanity is all the time because we're awful we know this I don't need you to harp on me all the time okay sometimes just let me be like wow the earth's ending let's try
1: to fix it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice to see a kaiju book that was focused that shared a similar focus to kaiju cinema. Because yeah. like kaiju cinema tends to focus more on the people and the kaiju are a backdrop or an event. Mm-hmm. But the the people are the characters and the protags and the antagonists. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of kaiju focused comic books focus on the kaiju or in a lot of cases, the giant people that are fighting the kaiju. Yeah. And it's, it's fair. It's a valid thing because, you know, you need a lot of that action to like drive a, a comic book, especially in like the more competitive market and less creator owned market and stuff like that. Still creator owned. I mean, you know, a lot of these books are coming out of like image, but you know, image is a bit, they're not indie anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um,
0: they're, when you're considered one of the big three, you're not indie yeah. anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Image is creator-owned, but trying to their best to compete with Marvel and DC. So it's like they're not independent anymore. They're just creator-owned. Um, a lot of editorial decisions are made yeah. at Image. And, you know, so you need that action and you need the Flash and the Pizzazz. Uh, But when you look at, like, kaiju cinema, it's, it's especially, like, traditional Japanese, like, the Godzilla films throughout history. I mean, there was a period where Godzilla films became very much about the kaiju fights. But, you know, a lot of the classics are people discussing and discussions about war and imperialism and nuclear technology and stuff like that. And it's a lot about the people. And... Well, this one doesn't, you know, necessarily have, at least from what it seems right now, the kind of heavy undertones that a lot of, like, the undercurrents that a lot of, uh, you know, Godzilla films have and a lot of kaiju films have, like, political undercurrents. Uh, It focuses on the people. Mm -hmm. And the mystery and the mystique and all of that is surrounding this family while the kaiju is kind of off doing its thing. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of action, Really beautiful art. Very beautiful. Um, very muted tones used in the coloring. And it was just cool. And it's it's nice when you get like a... When you have a writer-artist, you know, the same creator as the writer and the artist mm-hmm. of a book, uh, written and drawn by kind of situation. It can really go like one of two ways. Uh, it can either be strong in one area, weak in the other. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of feels like just a device to push whatever the strength one was, really? you know? So, like, oh, the art is weak. So, it's really just this person couldn't find an artist and was like, screw Guess you. i drawing my own stuff. I'll do my own book with blackjack and hookers. And, <laughs> you know, they they just really wanted. So, it, it just feels very, like, pointed towards, like, okay, I get it. You wanted me to see this. That's fine. Um But when the other way it can go is when both just work and it, it creates this kind of like unity and this like synergy between the two. And it just, it's, it's a hard thing to get when you're working with multiple people working on a, on a book, you know, you always hear artists and writers talk about teams and like we're a team and you know, this is, it's been great working with so-and-so. They're one of my favorite teams. And then you see artists and writer combos that like, Just keep going, you know. Yeah. Um, Ed Ruberger, Sean Phillips, for instance. (laughs) Like they just constantly work together and you know, they'll do something and they'll come back together later or something like that. And, you know, it's because they found that synergy.
0: They have that niche.
1: And if you can get that synergy by yourself That's awesome, you know, then you can create a really interesting piece. Where the art just plays with the narrative very, very well. Yeah. Uh, this in...
0: one's nice, too, because the tone is consistent. That's mm-hmm. something that I find struggles, because sometimes, you know, you'll have an author, a creator that, you know, they're both good at art and yeah. good at writing, but sometimes they can't align the way their writing sounds, with how their yeah. art looks, well, and, and so that vibe is gone. You know, we've
1: we've all been in that situation where we've tried to narrate our vision for a project to somebody else who's doing it, and they give us something that's good, but it's not exactly it's our not what you wanted. You know, um, I mean, I've had tattoos where I've gone in and been like, "I want this, 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 and this." And what I get is great and I like it, but it by no means matches the image that I had in my brain of like what it was. If I was able to produce that, like if I was a better sketch artist and was able to produce that perfectly, then, you know, I would have the exact thing. And that's where, you know, the benefit to having doing the art and the writing really comes in is you can see, like, okay, you know, in this panel, in this part of the story, it would be perfect if it looked like this. And then you can just do it. Just make it. As opposed to, you know, having to have a back and forth with somebody else. It's
0: it's true. You know? I You know, I deal with this in my uh, day job where I'm a, I'm a graphic designer, so, like, I'll be dealing with a client and they'll be like, I really want green. And I'm like, okay, here's green. And they're like, no, I didn't say green. I meant green. And you're like that's green my dude
1: (laughs) what green do
0: you do you want light green dark green seafoam green teal green forest green like and then they're like oh i want it to kind of look like this and you're like i still don't know and then they have to end up showing you examples and you're like that's blue but okay
1: (laughs) teal a green does not make um but yeah this one's super duper cool so get your hands on it if you can and like i said it is a big chunky glossy pretty book so it's, it's nice. a it's a nice shelf piece uh it's a coffee table piece it's an icebreaker Ooh. <laughs> put it in your centerpiece of your your uh new year's eve party there you go And just strike up conversation <laughs> be like i don't know with the way 2020 and 2021 went 2021 went i'm just expecting kaiju in 2020 <laughs> what do you guys think
0: it's the middle of my bingo card <laughs> yeah right <laughs>
1: I mean, it would be way more interesting than the shit we've been getting. So, (laughs) you know, I'll take it. Moving right along. uh, We've got a DC black label title. This is Swamp Thing Green Hell written by Jeff Lemire with art by Doug Manke. Uh, This is a, for all intents and purposes, a Swamp Thing horror book, which is amazing. If you like body horror, this is going to be the book for you. We are taken to a post-apocalyptic world in kind of a water world-esque sort of situation where it seems that the waters keep rising. Uh, We are handed off to a uh, group of survivors just trying to make a living. We see a father and daughter out fishing, coming up with nothing they return to their island they are accosted by the well-armed individuals that seem to demand tribute from this group of survivors uh the survivors themselves seem to have had enough amongst all of this it seems the parliaments of the world for those who don't know the parliaments are the forces of nature that dictate the kind of rules and fluctuations of the world Uh, namely the rot the red and the green are discussing what to do about mankind it seems they're not happy with us having uh, messed up the planet and they don't really like that there are survivors. So they sick a swamp thing on us. Cool.
0: <laughs> I mean, I told you we suck.
1: <laughs> the survivors are then left with going to someone that they swore they would never go to for help. Um, and that's where the story Cliffhangs into the next issue. T, what'd you think?
0: Okay. I cheered out loud at a certain point at this mm. book. I'm not going to say why, because I it knew will spoil you it.
1: I knew you. I would. was
0: reading this book and I was like, this is good. I'm enjoying this. You know, I like the vibe. It's a it's dark, it's broody, it's a survival book, which is nice, but it's more of a survival like feeling very M. Night Shyamalan, like, you know, your mother nature is done with you, and we're going to get rid of you, and you're a plague, and goodbye humans. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is good. I'm enjoying this. This is cool. And the last, like, six pages of this book is just me sitting on my bed, reading this book, arms up, like, woo! Woo! (laughs) Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but just know, this book is excellent. The writing is beautiful. The art is beautiful. It's emotional. You feel yeah. connected to the characters. You already care about them. And then it just it goes straight into the DC pattern of awesome Horness and you're like, "It's let's yeah. go! I'm raring and ready to go." Swamp Thing.
1: <laughs> Swamp Thing and the thing, the, the, the elements of storytelling that surround Swamp Thing lend itself very well to horror. Mm-hmm. I, I think it also lends itself very well to, you know, more fantasy, more mystical type stuff. You know, you have this concept of the different powers, the red, the black, the green, the the teal, the ultraviolet, the chrome. The, I'm just making these up at this point. Yeah, The technicolor. Uh the translucent. I don't know, I got nothing else. The opaque. The opaque. <laughs> Beware the parliament of cream. Um
0: they're really boring. And you've got,
1: you know, these things are all dictated by these different parliaments. And so you do have and the characters, all the characters involve Poison Ivy, uh Swamp Thing himself, Animal Man, uh, Tons and tons of magic people involved, specifically connected to the parliaments and stuff. So, you know, often Swamp Thing stories are told in a very kind of like dark, magical place, yeah. dark, fantastic kind of place. Right. And that makes sense. Uh, however, when you really think about it and those sorts of concepts, it lends its well itself very well to horror and specifically body horror and body horror is nothing new to Swamp Thing comics and Swamp Thing media. Uh, The Swamp Thing show relies on body horror a lot. Uh, Not anything too extreme because it's still, you know, a palatable TV show, but it does have body horror elements and uh, they really go in on this. Mm -hmm. And Doug Mankey does a really good job kind of showing you the parliaments and making them horrible you know Mm -hmm. parliament of trees could be this nice kind of like tree beard int kind of thing if you wanted it to be but it could also be a bunch of horrible wood beasts that hate humanity you know what i mean so it's it's cool to see them just go all in on horror on this and present the idea that the swamp thing kind of protector of the green sort of thing is in and of itself a vengeful spirit it's a it's a spirit of vengeance you know it's while swamp thing is kind of a hero in his own right you know it doesn't have to be it could be a monster as well and it's cool to see them go in on this so i i love this book i'm excited to see this one go through i really like DC's been killing it with horror. They've been doing very, very... With their whole Hill House stuff. And the Hill House stuff is kind of coming back. And they've... You know. They've been doing a lot of really dark. Kind of messed up stuff. With their black label. Mm -hmm. So I would love to see them just take more... DC characters. And put them in horror situations. Like make an actual horror book. With DC characters in it. You know. And... Because, I mean, Batman Damned was very, very dark and very kind of like had some disturbing imagery in it. And uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth was very dark and had like mutated cheetah and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, But I would like to see more of like, give me a Justice League Dark horror book. Give me, uh, you know, the Constantine book was Constantine, but they could have gone really horror with it you know give me a superman horror story like go crazy with it you yeah. know give me a plastic man body horror story you know
0: i mean the zombies was amazing like yeah yeah
1: when they did that uh, was
0: one of the best things i've read from dc yeah so
1: yeah when they did their uh deceased it made me books were so incredible times. yeah so much crazy. I just I want more superhero horror stories. I I agree. I think there's cool stuff to be told there, and this one it kicks ass.
0: I agree. I think I would most like to see a like full on, full in, all in Harley Quinn horror book Mm. because I feel that a lot of writers have kind of played with it and touched at it, and there's been some like psychological horror and some like thrillery elements, but I want I want full on Harley Quinn. Just dive in, either yeah. either like make her a pro tag, make her a damsel turn into like a girl. I'm a fight back. Like there's a lot of options you can do with Harley, and I feel like her aesthetic really feeds into a possible. That would be follow-up. kind of
1: fun. Is set up like a cliche teen horror movie kind of situation. Like have a group where you have a group of people and they all fall into like different sorts of Tropes. like archetypes. Yeah, and they're in a place and that place turns out to be haunted, and now they're like fighting for survival. But make it like villains. Yeah. Have it be, like, Batman rogues. Like a bunch Man, of different it's, Batman rogues, like, meet up it's like in, like, talisman. an asylum.
0: It's like Batman Talisman, but as a comic.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> and then, you know, have it be a horror movie with them. And then have Batman come in later, but, like, in the middle of people are already dead. Yeah. Because of whatever ghost or whatever it is. And then Batman comes in and is like, I'm here to stop you. And then they're like, you need to stop him. And <laughs> You know? It's like a 13 ghosts kind of thing. And there's, like, a big, like... Messed up ghosts coming at them. It'd be really cool. It'd be cool.
0: <laughs> Writers?
1: Man, now if that happens, I'm going to have to demand payment.
0: <laughs> at least we have proper recorded. Yeah,
1: right? Take that. <laughs> um, you'll hear from my lawyer, which is just a sock puppet that I wear that has a necktie.
0: <laughs> Mr. Hansy. Yeah.
1: JG Sockworth (laughs) so those are comics for the week (laughs) thank you so much for listening if you want more Cover B you can find it at coverbepodcast.com
0: you can also follow us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Podcast.
1: Let's hope that 2022 is a great year for all of us. I hope everybody had a good 2021 and that you have a fun and safe New Year's Eve. Uh, We will be here for you in the next year. Yes. As always, thank you for listening. I have been Chris. This has been T. Yep. And you have been listening to Cover Cover
0: B. Bye, everybody.